Hello, everyone. Welcome back. The Rumble Over the Thunder podcast, episode number five, here right after Thursday Night Thunder, here on July the 27th. Another solid night weather-wise. Car counts were fantastic. I'm Matt Panier, the voice here at Wisconsin International Raceway on Thursday night. Sandy Monday has joined me again. Andy, how are you? Yeah, good. good. Coming off of a very solid fourth-place finish here tonight. Dan Strong joining us, and our guest tonight is Mike Meyerhofer. Let's dive right into it. Fourth time, Lowell Bennett finding victory lane here in the Bruce Miller All-Star Memorial 75. Andy, it was green to checkered, which is kind of an odd occurrence, really, when you think about it. How did everybody get through 75 without incident tonight? You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of give and take out there. It seemed like early. Um, everybody kind of realized this is a longer race, kind of can uh, – Pick and choose your battles a little bit when you're in a 35 lapper. I think uh, there's a lot less of that going on. So, um, yeah, it uh, started out pretty good. Looked like the outside lane went early, um, brought those cars forward, and then it kind of leveled out. So um, congrats to Lowell. Obviously took advantage of that starting spot, jumped out there. Um, We came up through the field, got into second, and tried to reel him in the best I could and then kind of used up what I had. Yeah, he was two two seconds ahead by the time you got there, and then I think you got down as close as 1.8, and that's about where Max got to. I think at the end it was maybe 1.5, but there was no catching the two-car tonight. (laughs) Yeah, he was gone, and that's the way his car's been all year. You know, he'll tell you that, that uh, he's had some struggles getting it timed in where he wants it. It's not maybe as good in the heat or the dash. Um, but that thing just takes off on the long run. It's really good. And um, even the tire wear at the end of the race, you know, he showed me it's unbelievable compared to the other cars. So they definitely got something working on the two car to win uh, the fourth one this year. How, how many races we got in? Ten? That is four out of ten. Yes, that's that's pretty remarkable. Pretty good numbers. You know, everything you're mentioning sounds a lot like what Lowell had to say when we caught up with him. And, oh, let's hear it from the man himself. Lowell Bennett wins the Bruce Miller All-Star Memorial 75 tonight. And Lowell, you know, you're a guy that has been around racing for a long time. You knew Bruce. You knew of his contributions to the sport. Uh, you've won some Memorial races before. What does this one mean for you? I'll tell you, it, it means a lot because uh, I remember at, at points in my career when, uh, you know, we were kind of down and out financially and, you know, and had an engine problem. And Bruce had such a big heart and helped so many of us racers. And, uh you know, here today, you can look around the pits and, you know, without his contribution to helping some of these people, you know, they may not have made it past that point. And, and, and the same with me. So, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to Bruce. 75 laps, it goes green to checkered. Is that something you're expecting? And how do you play that from the front row? Well, the front row isn't really where I wanted to be. I wanted the points from qualifying better. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We've been off. We were a little bit off after the melee last week. And um, so, you know, I, I was on it pretty hard, and then uh, and we just kind of rode around and, uh, you know, was was happy to see it go without a, without a yellow. Uh, I saw during the times that you would be two seconds ahead, then one eight, then two again. Is that something that you're conscious of, knowing when to go and when to conserve? Yeah, you know, I got a side mirror in the car, and I can tell where a guy comes off, and you know what point they're at if they're starting to gain on you a little bit. And sometimes the guys will read me the lap times, and you know, one lap I'm faster, one lap they're faster. So, um, you know, it it uh, it was pretty easy with that with that lead, you know. But uh, they did have 75 laps to come up and pass me. You've now won four. Nobody else has won more than one. What's that say about the way things have been going for you in 2017? Well, I'll tell you what, it's it's been pretty dynamite. You know, we had a good chance of winning it last week. And, uh, you know, we've also got three seconds and, uh, you know, phenomenal finishes this year. And This car just seems like it it, it struggles a little bit qualifying in, in, in the heat, but it gets in a feature and, and it always comes around and, and runs well in the feature. So it's, it's kind of a long distance car. There were some rumblings at the start of the year that you sort of went back into your pocketbook and looked up some old setups from years past and brought it back here this year. Well, that's exactly what we, we actually did. Last year, you know, I kind of got off in, in the left field and, and we were listening to too many people, that, people that build shocks and this and that and telling us you have to do this and you learn to run it this way. And, and we just couldn't get anything right. And over the winter, we just went back and 
the way that Mike Granderson originally set up the front end, we put everything on the front end right back where, where it originally was with the angles and everything that we had in the car and, and uh, worked on a few other things and it came right right back to us again. So you know, I feel kind of stupid that we should have tried that last year. Yourself, Andy, Max, pretty good point battle. Uh, you've been in these before. What does it take to secure a championship? Now I think we've got, what, five, six races left? Yeah, I think there's five left. And, uh, you know, both really good competitors. And, you know, any one of the three that of us that wins is uh, good, respectful, and good drivers. And, and uh, you know, I respect the other two a lot. And, uh, you know, to win it, you, you have to be conservative, but yet aggressive enough to, to get up there and make the points. And uh, um, Max has been really strong lately qualifying, and he's earning the points that way. And, uh, you know, I've won championships here already and not won a feature. So that is possible, too. And here I'm sitting with, you know, how many feature wins, but we don't have the points lead. So uh, it is weighted for, you know, your performance throughout the whole night here. So that is Lowell Bennett fresh off of his fourth win of the season here at Wisconsin International Raceway. Andy, there were a couple of interesting things I thought Lowell said. First off, the point battle. You're kind of the, I don't want to say the opposite of Lowell because you still are enjoying some pretty good runs in the features, but as far as qualifying and the dashes are going, you made up some points on him here tonight with your qualifying effort. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well, where if you get in the dash kind of right at that six, seven spot, I know you were a little bit, uh, a little bit higher toward the top of the charts, but you end up winning the dash. That's weighted a little bit higher than the heat race Lowell was in, and he started at the back. So in the end, you, it all kind of starts evening out a bit. Yeah, and that's what we're really looking for, I mean, is uh, just to have an overall solid night. Obviously, we'll talk to Mike. He's up here. Um, he knows how this all works, too. And if uh, if you can qualify good and be first or second, um, you get some good points there. If, unfortunately, you don't time in as well, um, but you can start towards the front of the dash and, and win that. I mean, the, a dash wins the same amount of points as fast time. Um, so they all add up. You know, every week uh, you just come and try to be as consistent as you could. And, you know, tonight I thought we, we had a good car and got up to second there and unfortunately just kind of slid back at the end. But, you know, even those two spots, you know, that might come back to hurt us later with how tight of a points race it is. But um, still a solid night overall. Anytime you can qualify in the dash and run good and make it into the top five with starting deep in the feature it's it's a successful night pretty good night for a couple of other guys that finished ahead of you in maxwell schultz who started behind the invert because he won last week and then you have bobby kendall who comes back after the little three wide incident last week sets fast time he moves through the field as well and he's going to be right in the mix for that red, white, and blue championship. You know, as much as we've been talking about you and Bennett all season, now suddenly Maxwell Schultz is tied with Will Bennett too. And this isn't just a two-car battle anymore. It would appear that now Max is very much in the conversation, just like he was last year. Yeah, and Max is doing it also with consistency. He's been qualifying good. I don't know. That's probably... He has not missed a dash yet this year. Yeah, that's probably, I was going to say, like the last three or four weeks. He's I don't think you have either, have First you? or second. We missed uh, one week in the white okay. race. When that 91 Majeski guy was here, I don't know if had you to come remember and him. Bump you out, right? He bumped us out. That had was to come and bump car, you out. No, I mean that's that's the name of the game, and you know, like Lowell alluded to in his interview, um, you know that's uh, that's part of it, and they're missing just a little bit there, and that's costing them some points. Obviously, you know everybody's here to win the feature and take home the two thousand dollar check, so I'm sure he's not totally sad about it. But um, yeah, Max has been really consistent. That car's been fast. Um, we had him on the podcast last week, mm -hmm. and he talked about the, some of the things they had been working on and found. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a good battle here now in August. Yeah, and just five races <laughs> remaining. So crunch time is here in the Schmitty's Ticket Super Late Models. Moving along to our late model feature winner. He becomes the first three-time winner of the season. We've been talking a lot about all the different guys that have been in contention. Mike Meyer offer, welcome to the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. And we're not just bringing you on because you won the late model feature. You ran that station wagon today, too. Let's talk about that. Tell me about the station wagon. Oh, thanks for having me on. You know, it, uh, I got a phone call this morning from Greg Hauser, and he says, hey, if you want to drive it, now's your chance. And I responded to him, yes, <laughs> I want to drive it. Um, it's been about eight years since I've been on the quarter mile, and I finally got my chance to race against my sister, and we've never done that before. So little side bets going on between me and her, and, and uh, I, I was just, just happy to have that 
opportunity to drive a, a good car on the quarter mile, and it sure was fun. I was smiling the entire time. So what was the little side wager here? Who owes what here? Now, well, now that she's uh, over the age of 21, there was some bottles of liquor to be exchanged. Okay. <laughs> is this going to happen at the banquet, or is this happening a, a bit more in the immediate future? Well, I already owe her some more. Okay. Now Sounds like we need to move the podcast down yeah. there. To <laughs> yeah, the I know. There's a nice fit. little party going on here for Tim Springs girl's birthday, and we're kind of missing out. So if we make this one a little bit quicker than normal, you'll know why. Um, like I said, before we get into the late models, more controversy tonight in the Super Stocks. I think you were involved in this. Obviously, you don't know what's on that race car, and it sounds like maybe a couple of guys – not exactly sure what's going on inside their race cars. So first, second, and third getting the axe tonight in the tech shed. The top three is from what I heard. And, you know, and I didn't. I, Greg asked me to drive the car, and they keep up with the times on, on those cars. And um, I'm not sure the rule book did that. I'm not going to contradict the Fox River Racing Club. They, the rules are rules. And, you know, I just got asked to drive the car. Um, it it was fun. It was a blast. I'm it was a great show that. too. You and yeah. uh, you and Dill up front. Well, we came from dead last to finish second to to Dilly, and he's fast. He yeah. he pulled me. I couldn't I couldn't do nothing. I I drove my butt off to to get to him, but there was just nothing there. He's fast every week. Yeah, not to dwell on the tech thing, but I think this is the. Th- Second, this is the straight. third out of four weeks that we've, we've been up here trying to talk about a super stock winner, and we haven't had one. I guess Alex Seidel is is the one that moves up now, and he finished fourth. That's what they they said. He got the win, but they didn't tech him either. You know, so it, I guess what what the super stocks need to do is as just an outsider looking in is they need to go through their rule book and figure out what's what's right and what's wrong. Great on the club for you know sticking to the book and not letting things slide mm. but you know that as a class themselves i think they need to go through it and and look at their cars and you know maybe it did get out of hand in the last couple of years it's been so long since i've been on the quarter mile that i don't know what the rule book says yeah and for the people listening really that's that's racing in any division things evolve and uh you know newer components come out and people put them on their car and you know, the stuff we were talking with Wenzel with the transmission or the intake, the marine right. intake on the other car. Now tonight it's an ignition module. I mean, this isn't stuff that, you know, Hauser put on the car to make you go faster tonight. This isn't stuff the Wills did three weeks ago. This yeah. is stuff that has been on these car for year on these cars for years and now they're really sticking to their guns and saying, mm-hmm. hey, the rule book says you can't run this. And the drivers are kind of like, well, I've had this on my car right. for four years. So I can kind of see both sides of this argument. And um, it's unfortunate that uh, that we're seeing the disqualifications as frequent as we are. on. And another thing is, you know, with any sort of racing class, especially one that is supposed to be quote unquote stock like the super stocks are, you have such a variance of the way things were. 10, 15 years ago as far as what's available. I mean, just bare bones right down to where the frames are right now. It's not easy to find those GM frames in good condition anymore, so now you're starting to see these fabricated frames and things like that, and it's not just that. It's racing shocks, it's ignition modules, it's all those sorts of things, and, you know, we're not trying to stir the pot here or anything, but we're just kind of trying to explain to everybody, you know, why do racers go out and find these parts that seem like an advantage, seem outside the rule book? Sometimes it's just because... You can't find these parts anymore. And, Mike, you were even alluding to it when we were talking outside. A lot of what's on these race cars now, completely different than when you used to run these cars. When I ran these cars, it was, you know, it was called street stock. And and we raced hard every week just like they do now. But the cars drive so much different. Um, it's almost like a half-mile car where you actually set the car and let it roll, turn for you, and get on the gas. Where... You know, years ago when I drove, you just <laughs> drilled the corner and, and hung the guy on. on the outside, yeah. right? <laughs> and eight wheel, yep, baby, eight wheels driving better than up. four. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it it's it's racing, like Andy alluded to here or whatever. Everybody's gonna look for an advantage, and when some advantage comes out and they don't catch it, well, next thing you know, hey, you're running that. Oh, you're running that. Mm-hmm. Uh, better be get that on my car, and that's and unfortunately. I don't want to say this, but it's kind of the downfall of this sport is because it just gets too expensive. 
You know, right. you move up to the half mile, everybody's running this, everybody's running that. So you got to put it on to keep up. But, you know, rules are rules. And I think that the, the club made a good call by sticking to the rule book. It's their rule book, and drivers should abide. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll see what kind of happens here in the next few weeks as far as the super stocks are going. And like we said, you know, uh, Andy, I think you said it best. You can see both sides of the argument. Me as personally someone who's done the tech before, has been involved in writing a rule book, who does my damnedest to try to keep Tundra super late models from spending money, and I told him as much as the driver's meeting this week, there's only so much you can do, and then suddenly here's this gray area, here's that gray area. And then the racer will explain to you, well, this is why I told the line. So it's it's really something I think that it's good that we're finding these things out here because now we can start the conversation, right? Now we can start going into what do these cars need to do? And we can start looking at some of the other sportsman classes around the state because, you know, there is such a skewing of where street stock rules versus super stock rules versus sportsman rules versus the super stocks from the central Wisconsin area. <laughs> Something's got to give. And that would be the best case scenario is to get everybody together and find and, some and common ground. We've before. tried that with the Tundra series as well. And, you know, it's it's working a little bit, but there's still, you know, just yeah. there's still those things out there that you just see in. And that's the best case scenario. And the worst case scenario is guys continue to get frustrated. They feel they have to spend more money on their cars to essentially go backwards in technology to fit the old style rules per se. Because the cheapest part is the one that's already And they get frustrated and then we end up with less cars out here. So we don't want that either. So there's, there's gotta be some common ground found here. And really from what I heard of what, uh, what uh, was the disqualifications tonight? I mean, yeah, 28 and a 25 on the mm. in a city road is still speeding. Did it really? You know, it's like. Well, are you driving through getting Rosendale? Pretty, getting pretty technical. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right? Just the ticket. <laughs> yeah. If you're driving through Rosendale, uh, well, you're going to get it. That guy's either in the cemetery or that little side road as you're getting out of town. You know, Those I, are the I, two spots. I've told these people so many times whenever anybody talks to me about <laughs> if I go to Madison or Jefferson or whatever reason I'm driving down there. I've maybe driven down there 30, 40 times, and I can maybe count on one hand how many times I've actually seen a cop there. Well, so he's easy, some... yeah, I'm going to say he's either hiding really well or I, or I'm not paying attention or he's not there. Or he's up at Jim's County line just up the road. Yeah, there we go. There. He could be doing that. That's a great place, yeah. by the way. <laughs> All right, let's get into the happy news for Mike in the late models, picking up the third win. Uh, that Munster guy was right on your tail. That was a pretty good race up front. It was. He was pushing me as hard as I could drive that car. I had him in my mirror and my dad is my spotter and he was telling me everything he was doing and um I this win was actually one of the hardest wins I've had a race because he was so fast. Um I looked at him actually coming out of two and he started getting loose and I pulled maybe a car link on him. But I thought he was gonna get me, honestly. He was that fast. I noticed some smoke coming out of his car at the end. I don't know if you probably weren't able to see it. Uh, it was very subtle, but when he was going into one and two, there was some smoke, and I couldn't tell if maybe it was something going with the steering components, maybe something out of the rear end, or if it was just as simple as a tire rub. But once that developed, I noticed you kind of built your lead up a little bit, probably over the last two or three laps. I did see it, and um, I honestly thought it was me, because when I looked in my mirror, I seen the white smoke. Um, talked to Justin Anthony after the race, and he said that he had punctured his oil cooler. Oh, goodness. So he was getting oil on his left front tire, which was making him loose. And uh, then he couldn't catch me. But I didn't know that at the time. When you're driving those cars, you look at the mirror, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, my God, he's right there. You know, we don't have any cushion here. Don't mess up. You know, set the car. Just make sure you get your run off the corner. Um, but after the race, I had found out he, he did have an ill car at the end. But he's been fast all season long. He, he could have been very well the third feature winner, not me. Yeah, and it's been that way. And Andy, again, I I know you've been just you, you don't get to watch these late model races. It's like fifty fifty. I know you can see them coming probably I'll pull down out, the front stretch. I pull out and park, yeah. and then I get out and watch until like maybe ten <laughs> laps to go. Then I got to get strapped in. Yeah. So, but I can still through, see through one and two. I, I know, know you the, and you and Beatty had a pretty yeah, good battle good. to get the lead. Yeah, and then I was obviously you know uh, the Beatys real well, so that that had to be fun. And where did Evan end up? Did he end up? I believe like he was somewhere sixth. up in the top five. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so another good run for him. And uh, you guys 
put on quite a show on, up there on a couple of restarts. I know we had some cautions early on in the race in the first nine laps or so, but uh, that little uh, showdown up there, <laughs> didn't you, Showstopper? Well, and those restarts weren't making me happy. Like we talked about earlier tonight, cautions breed cautions, and it seemed like every time I would grab the lead from them, caution would come out. And we'd restart, caution come out. Every time i get in front... <laughs> So you kind of get frustrated as a driver because you know you had the lead and they go back to the lap before. And, you know, so be patient. My, Like I said, my dad was my spotter tonight and he was on his game keeping me calm. You know, us racers, we got to complain about something. And he's like, calm down, be patient, you're going to get them. And, you know, it really does help to have that calm voice in your ear while you're racing. And, um, and we ended up did getting them on three restarts, I think we had to go through right uh, another good one for jesse bernhag and he ends up finishing third i think travis rodewald somewhere up toward the top five and you know we've we've asked this question of all of our guests that we talked to in the late models and i asked you a couple of weeks ago it's it's so tight out there isn't it is there there can't be much room for error 100 percent honest with you yeah you can't we come here every week to race you know everybody races to win um i don't know where i'm at points personally um, I don't really points drive. If you win and you do your job on the racetrack, you'll be there at the end. Um, we'll look at them at the end of the season, but um, that's about it. You know, our team has got that, and you know, it's been that way for years now for us. Is we just want to have fun. That's what racing is supposed to be: is fun. That's why I had a blast tonight, wheeling that wagon around, <laughs> and then picking up the win on the half mile or whatever. We just had a excellent night and the crew's happy everybody's just you know that that's what racing should be and then we pull you up here yeah. away from the party yeah yeah to sit on right. this boring podcast that like 120 people only listen to or something. hey i got i, I got to wobble you guys <laughs> I, wobbled. I, I, I was invited to wobble and I, I i passed up because as you can see my uh my complexion isn't much for dancing um you're missing jello shots down there too, aren't oh, you? Oh, we got one right here, maybe. Yep. Oh, okay. That's All a right. raspberry one. Yep. Oh my goodness. This podcast is jello shot friendly, I guess. Uh notice he only brought one. So yeah. are we cutting that in fourths or what? Oh. Gotta share, Mike. Come on. <laughs> we like to kind of get a little bit more in depth with the people that have joined us up here. Mike, you've been racing for as long as I can remember. Tell me why. Why'd you start? Why'd you get into it? Where oh, you boy. been and, and where you're going? I've been racing for fourteen years. Um, how it started was, um, my dad raced figure eight years ago and I don't remember that. It was well before I was born. Um, but then my uncle John started racing street stock and I adored it. Um, every time we were done feeding calves, I would run in that car and sit in there and grip the wheel. He had a little shifter with a washer on it. I'd pretend I'd shift. And then, uh, it was, I was 20 years old, 21 years old and, I had an opportunity to buy a little four-cylinder um, mini stock. Bought it, and third race all I won, and I was hooked ever since. And been driving everything I could drive. You know, double duty is nothing for me. We race mid-Americans, super stock, street stock, whatever you want to call it. Um, late model, super late model, figure eight. You know, anything I could drive. Enduro racing, you know, and just had fun with it. My dad let us, you know, build cars in the garage, and he knew we were out of trouble, and, you know, and now it's led to a whole family doing it. You look at my sister, she's 24 years old, running the street stocks, running those boys as hard as they're racing. Um, my cousin Andrew races on the dirty, races on the asphalt here. My Uncle Dave, um, my other cousin Ben races on the dirt, you know, and I feel like I started that. Well, my Uncle John started it, but when I started and winning and they all had that taste, they all got into it. So pretty special, you know, to have that whole Meyerhofer name out here every week. And, and we all run strong for what I think, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And so the only thing you haven't won in out here would be a truck then, huh? I never, a a truck? Truck. I never raced a truck. I never raced a truck. How's your back? <laughs> <laughs> your do chiropractor you, approve that? Do you own a mouth guard? <laughs> They look fun. I don't know about the bouncing, but they look fun. They're fun to drive. It's uh, you know, I've raced them for a couple of years. My brother did as well, and they're uh, they're an overpowered go kart basically with a truck body. In they the do long look run. like they're a lot of snowmobile engines and stuff. They're fun to drive. They're maybe not always fun to listen to, but they're fun no, to drive. No, that's fine. 
I was Mike, talking with Brian last week or whatever when he phoned out that I won on the street stock on the dirt because he's a dirt racer too. And, mm-hmm. you know, we race everything we could. And he's like, yep, you just wheel it in that corner, he goes, <laughs> and hang on. I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. It was a blast. I got to ask you too, I know you're a guy that comes out here and really gives it during the Eva Destruction. Oh. <laughs> tell me about that. Eva Destruction, uh, Super Bowl for figure eight drivers. You guys are the stars here, too. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big Eva Destruction, I guess, getting involved in it for the longest time. And then finally I was asked to announce it a few years ago. And they bring you guys up here for autographs. And there are 13,000 people here. So you guys are the superstars. And there's maybe a select group of you, about 10 or 12. I mean, it's not like it's a huge group of you guys that run every single class. But you're one of those guys. You'll have a bus. You'll do the slalom races, the football, all those kinds of crazy things. And and it is a blast for us drivers or whatever. You know, we don't get very – well, I shouldn't say that. Um, I think the fans really know who all the super late model drivers are, and I think they know all the figure eight drivers, the ones that stay. Because, uh, I mean, it's an exciting race. And, it, you know, it's not about crashing. It's a, still a race. It's timing and – put on a good show well then at the end of the year we race 10 laps out here every week we get a 25 lap feature and then we get to do all the other stuff with the buses and i always put a lot of time into buses because you got like you said 13,000 fans and if you have a good looking bus or trailer car or whatever and you got all those fans cheering well yeah you know then you gain the fan and if you can get them to come out on a thursday night they're going to remember that and like I said, then you gain some fans. My favorite event always at the Eva Destruction is the trailer race. Yeah. So talk about the strategy of the trailer <laughs> strategy. race. Survival. There has, to, there has survival. to be a strategy to yeah. this. Yeah, survival. I won, I won the trailer race in 2006. And, um, I remember that. After, after we won it, we didn't do nothing special. It was my figure eight car. He put the trailer on and... Um, can you weld the trailer like you, to the ball? Or? You can't do any of that. Oh, I've seen guys duct tape it on there. <laughs> we had tried tightening up the nut on there as tight as you can. And every year that I tried to do something like that, we got our trailer knocked off anyway. So, <laughs> you know, the, the year we won, we didn't do nothing. I mean, it is fun. And to just go out there and smash crap. What the heck, you know? <laughs> Wait, who who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, like the years too, where like Terry Van Royal get knocked out early. He'll just like lay in the weeds and then just push stuff yeah, onto right. the track just to make it more exciting, and that's always fun too. A season worth of frustration alleviated. In one <laughs> <Yeah>. night. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, before we let you go back down to the party, and we'll, we probably won't be too far behind you afterward. Uh, how about some of the people that make it possible for you to to do the racing thing here at WIR? You know, and that that's a thing. You know, these fans come out here every week and watch us race around here, and um, you got to give it up to these sponsors on these cars. It's just not my car; it's every car out there. If if anybody hears or knows of any sponsors or whatever, go patronize these people and say, "Man, I just seen that car going around that racetrack." Um, you know, I have a whole list of sponsors, but you know, the behind the scenes people really do help too. You know, you got a crew, you got a crew, Andy. I got a crew that a lot of times I'm working 50 hours a week. I can't be at the shop getting my car prepared, but I have guys that'll show up there and do little stuff on the car. And, you know, we hit the scales every week and, you know, we make sure the car is prepared. And sometimes it's tough. You know, a lot of families, you know, you could probably contest. Your family takes a little bit out of it. The behind-the-scenes people, you know, that really make it possible because they're still here in these stands rooting you on after they know how hard you worked on those cars, you know, through the week. So those are the people that really deserve it, you know. Well, again, a big thanks to Mike Meyerhofer for joining us here on the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast, and congratulations to him for his third feature win of 2017. We do have a few more divisions, the Wisconsin Sports Trucks. Did you get to watch this one, Andy? This was probably the best feature of the night. Yes. In I my agree. eyes, I think. It was a lot of fun to watch. It looked like uh, Kylie Vandermoss kind of jumped out early. Yep. And she had the lead, and then uh, Plutz reeled her in. He had the lead for a while, and then Mr. Kuala was going for three in a row. 
And uh, we were sitting or standing by the wall, you know, getting into turn three. And that thing just looked like it was on dirt coming in the corner. He's, I noticed he's, that. He's got the wheel cranked <laughs> left, and he's still on the gas and just kicking the thing sideways, trying to get around putts on the outside. It was a lot Sliding of all around, just driving it as hard as he could into three and four every single lap. He actually led at the white flag, but then ended up third. Because I think he drove it a little too much that last Well, lap. he actually lost it in one and two if yeah, you watched on that last lap. Yeah, and uh, you could probably tell us this better than anybody. Those sport trucks can't be happy out on that grass <laughs> no and and really you know with how much they bounce and hop around too you you kind of end up where you end up so you know you can drive it in hard and if you hit the, a bump or something wrong it might just throw you out there so it's not like he tried to drive it out there he was just trying to wheel it and try to pick up the wind so um, those guys are real tight they're good friends so that's kind of cool to see a good battle like that for a feature win yeah, it was a lot of fun, and then Brett Van Horn kind of nipped them at the line too. So it uh, it was close, but man, that was that was a good time watching those Wisconsin yeah. sports. Yeah, and trucks. Plutz Plutz has had uh, an interesting couple weeks. You know, we talked about him on his side going mm. through the pit area last week. They get that truck fixed. He comes out and gets the win tonight, and probably still pretty close up there. I would guess in the standings, maybe I would think second. So. And I think maybe Kyle Quella's Van Horn had a good night because he set fast time tonight too. So Quella's got to still be somewhat within striking distance. Uh, we'll have to check the the truck points. We got to get them to repaint now, since it's down to like those three. So Quella's already got the cold trickle. Mm-hmm. So now we need uh, Van Horn's pretty close, where we could put some more orange on there. He the could Russ be the Russ Wheeler, the eighteen. That's by the way, that's my favorite paint job ever. The Russ Wheeler one. The Russ Wheeler Hardy's car with the orange. In the I movie. hated Russ Wheeler in the movie. He was a jerk, but that was the coolest <laughs> looking car. Aside from Mellow, I mean, obviously Mellow Yellow's cool, but. Rowdy Burns. And yeah, then, that, uh, that hard is hard, Putz could go Rowdy Burns if he we got it covered. He could, or we could get the uh, the City Chevrolet or the Superflow <laughs> car out there, too. Yep. Those were some really... Oh, no, that was a good race. Bring back and, great uh, memories, man. I believe fifth place was one of the Fickle brothers, the 27 Tanner. truck. Yeah, Tanner, he, yeah. He ran good. That was a good run to see him up there as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and they kind of ran out of trucks toward the end of the race. Their attrition rate a little bit high. Yeah, last restart, I think they were down to eight, Yeah, I want to yeah, say. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe, you know, humid weather. Sometimes those things seize up. Had a lot of problem with that with the legend cars at Jefferson on Saturday. Some of those smaller engines, they were having a bunch of them seize up. It was it was pretty odd. Yeah, actually. these sport trucks, they run Yamaha, Phaser, two-cycle, snowmobile engines. They're all air-cooled. They're not liquid-cooled, anything. So they're very sensitive to jetting. Um, I know a lot of the top teams will even re-jet after practice, before qualifying, before the feature. So... Yeah, it's very possible there could have been some motor issues and some things, you know, that expired tonight that caused some of that. Moving on to the four cylinders, the Milltown Still and Grills Sizzling Fours, another good feature there. Rick Glazer is the one that comes out on top. He took the win away from my Hammerheads car, though. <laughs> I love Hammerheads. It's a great place, downtown Menasha. But Glazer, man, that 35 car, that was a it was a great night for him because he set fast time. He and Mike Klein sort of came through the field, and I think that's Mike Klein's car from last year, if I if I'm being correct here. And Glazer was just he was on the outside, he was trying to hold on, and he was very very patient and made his move at the right time. Yeah, and that's the second week in a row when we talked about Heather last week making it work on the outside. Um, when you watch this race, the three car was up front early, uh-huh. and it looked like. Uh, they got Jerry Conrad in the 10 kind of pushed to the high side. So then you've seen Beatty and you've seen um, Dan Thompson. Kind of they, they had like three or four of them lined up to kind of all use the inside line to get around Conrad. Well, the 35 came up there and just seen, well, I'm not going to sit here behind five other cars on the inside. So he goes all the way up on the <laughs> outside behind Conrad, and it almost looked like he was going to get blocked in. Well, then Jerry sneaks down in front of the 99 and gets to the bottom and there goes a 35. Just the perfect right. timing. Yep, it just yeah. worked out the way, you know, it's funny how that's, uh, as a driver, sometimes you see that and you see a guy's hung to the outside or pinched to the low and like, ah, do I want to go behind him? Do I not? I'm going to get trapped in here. But, you know, one or two more corners, anything can happen. And Jerry was able to get down and sure enough, the 35 just making that outside work. And the beautiful thing about those four cylinders too, and the Wisconsin sport trucks, that's unique to those two divisions. If you are trapped behind someone on the outside and you're really fast, you can go to the outside of the outside sometimes. Yeah, three wide is allowed on the quarter mile. I know we had the little uh, discussion last week on the podcast on the half mile, but 
if you're the outside car on the quarter mile, it's it's fair game. Yeah, go for it. Go out in the grass. Do what you got to <laughs> do. Find find a way to the front. And there were a couple. Uh, speaking of Heather, we talked about her last week picking up the wind. She had some troubles tonight. Looked like she had a flat tire, so she had to pull off. Yeah, very early incident, um, I believe. You know, and Tara Springstro was back again this week. They've been struggling with that car. Yeah. It looked like she had to pull off again too. So, a couple couple teams that had some issues there in that race. Uh, PT Cruiser. PT Cruiser. I think he was seventh. Bob Boyd driving that. Should tonight. we tell everybody about the offer we received we about to. the PT about the PT Cruiser? We got to. So we've we've been offered a chance to drive the PT Cruiser. Both Andy and I. Yep. Have. We got a Facebook message on Messenger. Well, was that Sunday night or something? Something along those from, lines. From uh, yeah. Mr. Schweitzer. He heard us talking about the PT Cruiser. Trying to, you know, it's funny because we wheel. talked about that a few podcasts ago. So somebody was going back and listening to some yep. of the older ones. I'm guessing so he said, "Hey, if uh, you and Matt are serious, if you want to take it for a spin, I'm, I'm totally means. in. I'm totally Obviously, in." Obviously, this. this next Tuesday we got the Dixie. Yeah, we got a little so something going on here. Maybe we'll, the we'll following touch on Tuesday. Yeah, I got. I think I should probably get some safety equipment though. Huh? Yeah, I could probably loan you something. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe yeah. you know, just a helmet, something like that. <laughs> I don't plan on getting too crazy with it, but famous last words, right? Yep. Uh, finally. Two more classes because we did have the WIR quarter mile late models here today. Pete Birkin. Pete Birkin. Car fight. I think was <laughs> I think was the term I used. Uh, these guys don't get to race out on that quarter mile much, so you can kind of see you can see what happens when drivers race against each other over and over and over again. A lot these guys did race each other, but this was back in the nineties. So you kind of know where to give and take and, and things like that. And it seems like these guys are still kind of trying to figure out when can I make the pass, when can I not make the pass. I don't think they use spotters either, do they? No spotters, no transponders. This yeah, is very so, entry-level stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of tough to tell when a guy's got his nose under, and we saw guys running into problems with that. You know, whereas if they had a spotter or something like your normal late model classes, they could say, hey, the guy's down there, you know, car low. Chop them off. Yeah. Run them chop. in the grass. Well, let's hope they don't put them in the wall. Oh, sorry. Spotters would. Well, you know, that. that sounds a lot like uh, some Mav TV show I watched one time. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> they had a super late model driver spotting for what they call the junior late models. And they they took the radio transmission and put it into the broadcast. And you, you see this 13 year old kid coming off of turn two and this 12 year old kid right behind him. And the guy's spotting for him. He says, he's coming to your high side. He's coming to your high side. Get up there. Get up there. And, well, guess what happens? He gets clipped in the right rear, and the stub is now off of the race car. So sometimes spotters are good. Sometimes <laughs> spotters are not good. But I don't know. Just uh, interesting. It's fun to watch these guys because these are names from my past. Tom Sporowski, Pete Birkin, Rick Spoo, Steve Smith is going to be out there. You know, we had Greg Wickman out there uh, before Corey Kempkis took the five car back. Uh, Even the, the Anthony's, the Anthony's yeah, the always Anthony's, had the like, iconic 50 number on the quarter mile yeah, for years, whether it was um, Mark Anthony driving or JJ or mm-hmm. Rod Wheeler. Or they've had a lot of different drivers over the years in the 50 on the quarter mile, so they're still out there. Yeah, it's it, cool to it, see. It's been fun to watch, so uh, you know we'll see what happens here. And they're probably back at the Blue Race. Yes, they have two more appearances yet okay. this season. I think they might be here the last week as well. Okay. We'll and have to find out. Night. Yes, and by the way. Uh, was talking to the club officers, and we'll see. This is where we test who really listens to the podcast. Dun, 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 dun. August 24th, which will be the week. Packers preseason game. Yes. I think it's the Eagles game. I, th- I think or they said the it was the week after the white race or the blue <laughs> race, but that's not correct. It would actually be two weeks after the blue race because that's on the 10th. They're going to have a sport mod invitational. They're paying $50. Any sport mod, just bring it however it is. IMCA legal at your dirt track with your dirt tires to put on an exhibition here. That should be fun. Interesting. That yeah. should be fun. There's a lot of guys that have those, you know, that There's have ties to WIR. Tons of those things you around here. I can here. think of Cody Schrader right offhand. I can think of Brock uh, Sand. Summers. What about Robbie? Does Robbie Thiel still Robbie have Thiel. one? Yep. So. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Thursday, and they're not racing anywhere on Thursday nights either. You know, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday for those guys. So let's see. Let's see them, boys, boys and girls. Bring, Bring them out. sport mods out. We want to see them here at WIR. You, you never know what could happen once you start bringing them out here, put mm-hmm. on a good show. Uh, with that being said, one final class, Craig Krieger, congratulations not just on your win, but being able to celebrate it this time. <laughs> the engine holds up to victory lane as Krieger holds off while Willie Van Camp. In the figure eights. 
Yeah, they got to get tuned up, like Mike was alluding to, talking about uh, the eve coming up. I think mm-hmm. you'll start to see the car count in the figure eight class start to creep up here in August as guys are getting prepared. You know, that's a class I grew up loving to watch when I was younger too. When it was Kenny Van Wyke and oh, Willie man. Van Camp, Rick There's Crawford. Still rumors that Kenny's <laughs> coming back out. I, I'm waiting. We're waiting for Kenny. We can't end the season without Kenny. We'll just keep going. We'll Do you keep know going. Where to find him. I, I bet I know where to find him right now. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. what I meant. Right up the hill. Take it right. Uh, with that being said, that wraps up tonight. We're back next week. Uh, by the way, you know, something we really got to touch on. Mike said it so eloquently. Sponsors huge. Standard Electric, their 23rd season in a row sponsoring tonight. So That's pretty amazing. Great it's, folks. It's great to have uh, great sponsors like that supporting our club year after year. Um and uh, it just helps us out, and the club's have been doing a nice job um, getting those spots filled. Roger, the owner of WIR, um, helps fulfill those nights. Um, so a great relationship. Obviously, one hand washes the other, so mm-hmm. if you're in need of uh, some stuff, give Standard a call for sure. Yeah, definitely. Let's roll into our tech tip, Andy, and this is one that maybe of some curiosity to people. I don't know if you don't always see the stands full during qualifying, but for me, qualifying is actually my favorite time of the day because it's it really sets the tone for everything that's going to happen throughout the night. I've all I've sometimes argued that qualifying should be a part of the racing action, but it's fallen on deaf ears so far. <laughs> so uh, tape on the grill. You know there are some places down south that now outlawed tape on the grill. You can't that. tape up your grill for qualifying. Apparently, it has something to do with the high priced radiators and things like that that some of the guys are bringing in. What's first off? What's the strategy behind taping off the grill? Really comes down to aerodynamics and downforce. So um, what some teams have found, you know, cup level teams, high dollar teams, that they've brought some of these uh, cars into the wind tunnel, is they can increase the amount of points of downforce on the front end. Um, obviously, the more you tape it up, the more downforce you get, but also the less cooling you get for your car. So um, you know, you can see on a little bit cooler night, guys might have the whole thing taped off on a little bit warmer night. Like tonight was, you know, about 80, you might leave just a little portion of it open. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different theories. And I think that that's just what they are is theories and how teams do it. And most teams do it exactly the same every week, but everybody does it different. So you'll see one team that has Everything taped off except for the lower right corner. They'll leave a little spot open just to get enough air in there to help cool things off so the thing's not overheating while you're qualifying. You'll see other teams that leave a strip of tape open at the top. Um, Our team, we leave a little portion right in the middle at the bottom. Um, There's different theories with that. You can place the, the amount of downforce on one side versus the other. You know, I typically like to leave mine more just in the center just because it's kind of keeps it more balanced versus taping off one side or the other but yeah that's uh that's for people way smarter than me in the wind tunnel playing with that stuff identifying what makes things go you know similar to spoiler angles they found that in the in the wind tunnel for years everybody ran a five inch spoiler laid back 55 degrees get that thing out of the air well now in the wind tunnel they found the taller the spoiler and the more angle you run on it most guys run a 90 degree the more it backs up the air and puts more downforce on the front end and why you want more downforce is it helps the car turn. So I'm going theories, to, I, I'm, theories. I, I might hurt. I some, don't have a wind tunnel. I might hurt some feelings here, but not this past year, but the year before we did that grip seminar with circle track and we went to the A2 wind tunnel and we played around with a lot of different taping methods. You want to know what the best thing in the wind tunnel was that we did not tape it. We took the shifter booth off the car, and that gave it the biggest performance advantage. The shifter boot. So it let air from underneath the car Come escape in out? It was, it was the most, it was the oddest thing because we taped off uh, the gonna grill. are going to have to check shifter taped, boots in tech yeah, after qualifying up, next you know, week. The hoses, we taped. You're up. on alert, super We stacks. even put tape over the air box, <laughs> over the cowl. I mean, change spoiler angles, all kinds of crazy stuff. That was the thing that did the best. Yeah, it's crazy the stuff they come up with. And even years ago, there were a bunch of teams at the cup level. They were finding the um, tank on their or the cap on their oil tanks was removed and missing. 
and they couldn't identify did it fall off during the race or what's going on and then they found out in the wind tunnel it was something stupid like that that it was actually gaining it was sucking air out from inside the car through the oil tank or whatever just something totally random and then now nascar makes a rule and they got to be safety wired <laughs> and you got to have a plate over the top and it's just unbelievable the things you can learn doing that yeah crazy crazy stuff and like you said uh, that wind tunnel time is it's not cheap so i think the best thing you can do is get a nice group together <laughs> like the grip seminars or someone just to get a whole bunch of people down there to check this stuff out and i guess you can judge for yourself from that point you know especially when you're here at a half mile maybe more so wir than any other track in the area you know when you go to your golden sands when you go to your wasas and things like that you're not really too concerned about aerodynamics it's, whereas it's still important here it, yeah not as impactful not as impactful as you know down the straightaway here at wir would probably be i would think the most aerodynamically important place mm -hmm. probably in the state because you're carrying so much speed off of two and that's a long straightaway you know marshfield's a half mile but it's a big sweeping turn of a half mile maybe lacrosse to madison would be another one but you know a lot of these smaller tracks yeah aerodynamics are important but yeah even are, something crazy are, are they back they to tape too like at slinger majority of the guys are taping the bottom the top half of their window nets off because they it's high enough where it's not blocking their side vision anyway mm -hmm. but they're taping that off for again to keep the air flowing over the car not coming inside the car and it's Again, it's all theories because that's really what we're talking about here. And a lot of, I think, taping is a little bit of monkey see, monkey do. Like, is it a placebo? Hey, is it Maxwell a pl had yeah. fast time or Kendall's got th fast time three weeks in a row? I better go look and see how he tapes his car up. I'm is it a placebo that. effect? I'm not sure. Maybe something that makes you feel good but really doesn't do anything? It could be. You know, there's. Heck, there Tell are, you what, there are those kinds Tuesday, of things. We have the Dixie Land 250 here. We're gonna go and watch how everybody we're tapes have a up. Ton of cars, and we're gonna we're gonna analyze this. We are going to take pictures of everybody's tape jobs, and then we'll probably get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna don't look at that. I'm gonna guess the majority of them with the teams running um, probably are gonna be fully taped off because qualifying is gonna be super important. It for is the show that, that even if they true. overheat a little bit, it's they're gonna take every advantage to get that. Yeah, we're talking show. around forty cars for that, and you know you have Kyle Busch, Ty Majeski, and maybe some others coming to town. It's not going to be easy to make that field on on Tuesday, and let, let's talk about that a little bit, Andy. I mean, we made our picks for. Yeah, don't you owe me? I, I'm trying to win them back. All right, man. <laughs> just give me, just give me one more chance. I need a donut. All right, we're gonna get Dan in on this too because I know Dan's been yeah, watching a lot of on, races. Dan. So, Dan, I'm gonna give you the injured reserve, the over number here. one pick for Tuesday. You get the number one pick. Now, I know Brent's racing. Brent Stalker yeah, is let, racing. Let me throw this out here, Andy. So, I'm gonna tell a little story, and trust me, it's quick. So when I used to work at Slinger, you know Mitch, Mitch Heimlich, who yep. works here at WIR. My dad was teching. Mitch was as well. Mitch and I would always bet $1 on the Super Late Model feature each and every week. Well, we would just go back and forth picking Al Schill every week. <laughs> and whoever picked Al Schill would win. So we set a president that said, you cannot pick Al Schill until he finishes outside the top five. And he didn't the rest of the Nobody year. Nobody ever picked him. <laughs> so I'm going to propose this. Since we know Ty Majeski is going to be fast, we know Kyle Busch is going to be fast. Do we pick outside of that realm, or should we leave them in? Should we leave them in the draft? I, picks? I think they're. I think I agree they're going to be fast. But this is also a different animal, being 250 laps that anything can happen. I mean, Johnny Sauter was ultra fast, and then mm -hmm. he broke a spindle. It's it's also an attrition race, so I think it's fair game. Pick whoever you want. All right, go Dan. Let, let's let's hear it and let's hear the reasoning behind it. So uh, let's see here. Last year was Dennis Prunty, right? He won last year. That's yep. correct. Ty was Ty was second. second. Kendall was third. I think Kendall, Kendall would have got him at the end of a few more laps. Okay, so Dennis Prunty would be a good choice, but not my choice. Dalton Zier just broke the track record with the Tundra at the very beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. Was running really well until he broke a spindle, finished second. Do, also would be a good pick. But do recall he will be driving a different race car. And that he is was true here tonight. 
by the way, if you didn't see him. I did meet him. I did see him in the pits. Honorary crew member for Reagan May. Megan Ray, as we put on the transponders. Did anybody notice that? (laughs) Did anybody notice we called her Megan Ray? That's kind of an inside joke. She ran Tundra for a long time. I've known Reagan since she was... 13 years old, you know, her, her oh, we're dad, back to this now. her dad and my dad have been talking a little bit, uh, throughout the years. So a little inside joke, Reagan West side, that kind of stuff. But we, we put Megan Ray on the transponders all night. And nobody noticed it. Nobody said a damn thing. So. She had a good run eighth place. I think that my might be her best joke. finish here yeah. at Kakana. So anyway, I'm sorry. Back to your point, Dan. So my pick is actually going to be a hometown guy, Lowell Bennett. He has been like if you look at his way to go out on a limb. (laughs) It does say that he's gonna be. He's on the list. Yeah, he's he's gonna be here. He is gonna be here. So the the reason being is he's on such like he's got such a good car this year for WIR. What I don't know what he did. What he's doing different between the first couple of weeks and now. But he's on rails and just seems to be so consistent. Just like Andy was saying earlier, he's the so car, consistent. The car is so good on the long run, too, and yeah. that's what that race is going to be about. Can so, I toss yeah. out a caveat, though? He's not driving that Thursday night car. He's driving the he's, left-hander that he run, ran here at the Tundra race that we didn't really get to see because it was in an incident. Yeah, that's true, too. The yellow number, too. The yellow number, yes. too. Yeah. But it's still the same guy. And hell, it's Lowell Bennett. He's won 27 championships. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. It, you could put him out there in a milk truck, and I still, you know, I'd still give him decent odds. Yeah. So, so that, that's my pick. Lowell right. Bennett. Fair pick. Uh, Andy. Nope, you're up next because you lost at the Slinger Nationals. Well, you know. You lost. You're putting me in, in a spot for two reasons here. Number one, you're making me pick next. Number two, you're not running, so I can't pick you. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um,. My God. boots are getting full over here. Yeah, you might need a, a larger hat there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's see. You know, gosh, I just I have such a hard time picking against Kyle Busch, just because the last time he was here, he was so dominant. But I'm going a little bit off the board here. I'm taking Dan Fredrickson. Were That's you? who I was going to take. Oh, you're looking up the entry list too right now, I aren't you? I just wanted to make sure he was on it. That's what uh, I was yeah. looking at. Uh, I am going to go with Danny Fredrickson. This is a guy that knows how to do well in long races. He's a guy that's won some of these strategy races before. Don't forget the pit stops are a little bit different with what they're doing. And it, it, it's it's good and it's bad because it's it doesn't matter the pit crew you have, but you have to kind of be smart about when you're going to take your tires when you're not going to take your tires. Uh, so, you know, he's been in the running at Fest. He's been in the running at the Joe Shear Classic. He's been in the running here. Uh, I, I just, I can't, I can't go away from someone who's got so many laps in big races and a guy that doesn't show up to lose. If there is a, if there are two guys in this race that hate losing more than any other race car driver in the universe, Kyle Busch is number one and Danny Fredrickson is number two. You say the L word, you say second place in front of those guys, you're getting a dirty look because they do not like to lose. And they're going to be on their game for sure. Absolutely. Um, they're going to have their stuff dialed in every time Dan shows up to a racetrack. I mean, I raced with them twice this year down at Madison for their Triple Crown. And, I mean, the second one, he showed up late. He had three laps of practice, and he goes out there and qualifies second to Nason and runs up front. It's just the guy's got his stuff together. For yeah, sure. and he, he won't be late here on Tuesday. Nope. nope. He's going to be dialed in, so that's uh, a great pick. All right. Yeah. Sorry I stole <laughs> it from you, but all right, Andy, let's hear it. I'm going to go off the limb. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to shy away from the uh, favorites, which is probably your Kyle Busch and your Ty Watch Majewski. him finish one, too, now. Watch yep. him finish one, too. They probably will. <laughs> but I'm going to go with a guy who finished second a couple years ago and was breathing down the neck of the leader right at the end and had the faster car. Oh, this is a good pick. And that would be the five of Casey Johnson. This is Obviously, a very good pick. Casey ran a lot of laps here last year for the Chase Motorsports team. He picked up a bunch of feature wins. He run the Red, White, and Blue Championship. Um, so he's no stranger to this place, and he'll be here in his own car, the mm-hmm. number five. It's a Pathfinder chassis. Um, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be quick and um, – that's a guy who knows how to run these long races, too. Yeah, and the funny thing is, a couple of years ago, when he did finish second year, he 
barely had any laps around this place. And now he's got two seasons, a red, white, and blue championship. He was good during the red race before the rains came. Hard to tell what would have happened during the white race, race because got he got, got wrecked in that race. So, yeah, solid, solid pick in that five. And that's another guy where they're a smart race team. They know when they got to do what and those sorts of things. So, man, I'm just – this is going to be a fun race to watch. And I really enjoy, you know, the pit stop styles. Some of you fans may not know what this is. Let's explain it to you really quick, and I'm sure they'll explain it to you better when you show up here on Tuesday. First in, first out, which means that at any point in time when there's a caution, uh, sometimes they throw competition cautions in. Uh, I'm not exactly, like I said, not exactly sure how they do it. If you have a green flag stretch of 75 laps, they're going to put a caution okay. in. Okay. Yep, is how they kind of do it. So. Well, we could have used the caution tonight. Ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> uh, wrote my roll bar padding. I couldn't get it to pull off yeah, all the way. I know, right? Water bottle or something. <laughs> but what happens is, is at any point in time, you have, I don't know if it's going to be two or four, uh, the amount of tires. It'll be two. So you have to keep two tire. You have to have the four tires on at the start, and then you're going to have to have two tires that you started the race with at the end and you get two new tires at any point in the race when you want to take them so you could take them at lap 75 and then take the track positioning and hope your car is good enough to hold on you could take them with 25 laps to go if you think you can hold on long enough you can take them at the midway point but what you don't have to worry about is coming into the pits and losing spots you're going to lose spots to the cars that stay on the track so if you're leading, and 10 cars behind you stay on the track, you're coming out in 11th, you know, even if you're the last car off of pit road. Yeah, and the main reason for doing that is, is one, um, they want everybody to take their time and be safe and do it, get the, the, the tires on, use the torque wrench, make sure they're on so we don't have tires falling off and going in the stands. Um, but then also just from a cost expense, obviously with a guy like Kyle Busch coming, you know, he could bring a pit crew to get him in and out of 12 seconds when – you know, maybe Lowell Bennett's team or, or a Fredrickson's team, mm -hmm. you know, minute and a half. So it just keeps the, the playing field equal. And, um, yeah, like you said, the strategy is when do you take your tires? Um, I know a few years ago when we finished eighth, uh, we waited till about 70 laps to go, um, to put the two on so we could kind of drive forward at the end. I'll tell you from lap 130 to 180 on those original four tires was not a lot of fun. I can imagine. <laughs> you were basically holding on. Um, so there's you're giving up time and track position when you're doing it that way, hoping you're going to gain it later. So there is a balancer. I want to say when Mergic won the first year, they took their tires like right around lap 100. So then he had got, got them early enough where he still maintained the track position, mm -hmm. but then you know he still had 150 laps to go at the end. So... That it kind of adds a different element to it to see who's doing what, when, and how this is going to play out. And the real fun part of the race from a driver's perspective is there is so much different style kind of racing because you can let it go when your guy go and you're racing for six because he might have to pit yet. He might have to get gas yet. You know, you don't have to worry about all these little individual battles till about 50 laps to go everybody's got their tires everybody's got gas now now it's on let's let's see mm -hmm. what everybody has so yeah and it's kind of one of those things too where if it went the duration or had a halfway break or something when that guy's leading at lap 225 you're thinking this is over but now it's like oh well wait a minute that guy took his tires 30 laps earlier than that guy took his tires so it, you, you start getting all these mental calculations in your head, and it, it really makes for, for interesting uh, interesting theater, yep. if you will. In addition to just, again, the duration yep. of the race. It's hard on motors. It's hard on brakes. It's hard on suspension components. There's obviously going to be accidents that happen with the amount of cars and a lot of unfamiliar faces to this place. So it's an attrition race. It's almost like a Matt Rowe ISS and Drew race. Mm -hmm. Except they, they do throw it's not cautions. not always going to be. Yeah. They will throw cautions. Yeah, they don't just leave the, yeah, they won't leave the, the cars out, out on the track. <laughs> a little too expensive for that. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. You know, we had another fun Thursday night here. Mother Nature has been cooperating very nicely. Sounds like she's going to do the same here on Tuesday. So big week of racing coming up here at WIR. We got Tuesday with the Dixieland, and everybody will be back here Thursday to – resume those point battles and then the following week is the white race already man and we, we are we are almost out of races here and this is another maybe little tech tip if we don't get any rain after tuesday before thursday 
you might see some people with some handling characteristics on their car, not maybe as what they like. With all you the rubber see, down. With all the rubber down. You might see qualifying times and stuff maybe a little slower than what they have been because that adds a different element to it, to the track, of how rubbered up it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so the top teams on top of their game and the people, uh, awesome people who listen to this podcast will maybe be up on that to bring. Andy, I cart. think you just gave away your secret, man. <laughs> we'll see how it works for us. Okay. <laughs> It, it, it was either brilliant or he's got a built-in excuse, everyone. Built you, heard, excuse. you heard it right here. <laughs> well, we thank you so much for listening. And again, uh, frcracing.net is the website. You can check out all the points standings from what's going on here on Thursday nights. You can follow us on Facebook at Fox River Racing Club. Don't forget, if you have questions, we want to hear them. Uh, we, have you gotten anything yet on Twitter? I haven't heard anything yet on Twitter. Nothing. Maybe we should set the up The only our... thing I saw was on Facebook, something about a steak dinner. But yeah, that really right? had nothing to do with the podcast. No, it had absolutely nothing to do with the podcast. But, uh, you know, steak's good. We all like steak, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should set up a Facebook page for this. I don't know. Would people start interacting? Let us know on Twitter if you want to see us set up a Facebook page or Snapchat us a picture of your Instagram. Oh, boy. And then uh, send it to MySpace. <laughs> At Matt Panier is. Did you have a MySpace? I had a Mid American Stock Car Series MySpace. Really? What page. was like your background music? I didn't. Do you remember that? I didn't have one. MySpace. You, you could have like a wallpaper. Oh, buddy. And then you could have no, like a we're, music. We're going too far back now. So you could do like Informer by Snow or something to that effect. <laughs> Whatever you wanted to do. Oh, that's a great song, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's no. my karaoke song after I hit this party. See, down you're lying to me because I tried to get you to do it before and you haven't done it. So <laughs> don't. <laughs> Don't start blowing smoke here until I can get you to actually do this. Uh, at Matt Panier, my Twitter, Dan, at DanStrong95, correct? Yep, that's correct. Okay. And at, at AMonday10. Boom. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear some questions. We want to hear them. And we'll answer. We'll try. Yeah. Well, we will make the attempt to answer questions. We'd love to talk about different stuff on the podcast. So yeah, throw it out there. Yeah. yeah, or even just suggestions, not even questions. We're I think what Andy's saying is we don't even need racing questions. No. Yeah. No. You want to talk about the Halo coming to F1 next year? Hate it, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we can talk about that. And now that it's creeping into August, if you want to talk about football and specifically fantasy football, now that I'll Miami. be starting to prep for some of these drafts coming up. And the Miami Dolphins. Do not draft any Miami Dolphins because they're awful. J.H.I. J.H.I. No. Mainly because they're led by their Jarvis fearless leader. Jarvis oh. Landry, he burned me last year. Don't pick the defense. I can Jarvis Landry will get bad. you 100 catches for like 50 yards like every game. That's all he does. He's He might as well be a running back. They just throw him the ball and he goes like three yards. I don't care, man. The Dolphins made the playoffs last year. That's all I care about. <laughs> I they waited, lost the Steelers. I right? waited eight years for that, man. It was the Steelers they played? Yeah, they got cremated. But I knew they were going to lose so bad, too. The worst part is, is they almost like had a chance to be in the game. They were going down. To be down one score at halftime, and then Matt Moore fumbles, backup quarterback. So, Arrgh. oh, well, must be a, the first name. Couldn't handle the pressure. Yeah, what are you gonna do? At least the Oilers were good this year. I waited eleven years for that, and they you were rocking was, that shirt when you got here tonight, too. Yeah, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I'm patiently waiting for hockey to return. That's uh, that, that's my gig, man. Sweet. I love that stuff. Hey, hats off to Dan one more time. Yeah. Before we get out Dan of here, man, he He's makes this happen. YouTube. He's putting the YouTube videos up now too. I Ooh. noticed. They're, they're flooding YouTube right now. Yeah, I, I kind of got a little bit behind. Uh, work stuff has happened over the last couple of weeks. It's called life, my friend. We all yeah. get there. Yeah, life things happened. I'm catching back up. Uh, and I, you're playing hurt. Yeah, I'm playing hurt too. Yeah, I got a, a torn ligament in my hip. Uh, yeah, Man. so I'm nursing that. So while I'm nursing that, I'm also doing the videos. You know, you're not, a little bit of time. You're not supposed to hurt your hip till you're like 90 years old. Yeah, yeah, ligaments are that? fine. It's like that's like that's a sports injury. It's like a right Bo there. Jackson yeah. injury. Yeah, is that what you got? I heard yeah. Dan. I heard Dan the man made it all the way down to Jefferson in time for our Tundra feature. Yes, I did on Saturday. He, I didn't even know he was coming, man. Yeah, I uh, I I actually kind of forced OT a little bit at work, and they don't like giving that out. So by working as much as I could during the that the week, I was able to get off by like five o'clock on sunday and or on saturday and perfect made it down made it down just in time to watch and you had a first time winner we did in that that was Wyatt cool Brooks. To see. yeah first time fast qualifier and justin mondike who was here tonight he'll be here on tuesday as well so uh, when's it, your next show it is 
a week from Saturday, August 5th. Already. State yeah. Park Speedway. That's right. Chris Wimmer is going to be I running. I saw that. He's going to be running. When's the last time he raced? Uh, up here. Gosh, Four years it's ago? been a while. I want to say the last time he consistently raced was the year that he won the Nationals. He's working for Fury Race Cars down south. So he's bringing a Fury car. He's going to be running this weekend at State Park for the Degents. And then he'll be with us the following week. So, the only other Fury car I know of up here is Natalie Decker. Natalie Decker, that is correct. So yeah, that'll so be interesting. We're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see what all that Fury knowledge looks like now. So if he was crew chiefing for Harrison Burton down there, who's crew chiefing for him up here? Jaina? Is that how that works? I, I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> we're gonna have to find out. Who's your crew chief? If you're a crew chief, maybe Harris, maybe Jeff Burton will be his crew chief. There we go. Somebody's got to come up here, dude. I'm trying to think of who helped him out. I mean, I know guys like Tommy Rest and those were around, but when Chris left, you know, Tommy Rest, Dave Meyer, and all those guys. Now yep. Dave's working with you when you guys are working. Uh, he's working for Travis, so yep. you got to work with him at the Slinger Nationals. Tommy Rest is working for Jerry Brickner. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I hope Chris can find some crew guys. <laughs> maybe Scott will do it. Yeah, Scott might there you do go. it. Let's Scott do it. Yeah, Scott can help Get off him the out. golf course. Go help your bro. Yeah. Stop running that racetrack. <laughs> don't need to worry about that. Ron can take care of it. All right. I think we've chattered quite enough here. Let's uh, let's let the folks go and remind them to be back here next Thursday. Appleton Breakfast Rotary Club will be presenting Thursday Night Thunder. We look forward to being here. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Stay out of trouble. <laughs>